There's something we say around these uh, in our group. It's, it's uh, we say O T O T O. One time, one time, one time only. What we're gonna do? This is the we ain't doing it again, and we ain't gonna. Uh, somehow it came up. It sound checked, and 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 I was like, oh man, we we should do that. I'm feeling it. And Jeff said immediately, we should find a doctor to cure me of this feeling before somebody gets hurt. Uh, and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to the Live on Four Legs podcast, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. And we had a little uh, break off last week, but we are back. Welcome back, Matt. Hello. Hello. How was uh, how was your hectic week? Oh, everyone knows I'm in a wedding band and everyone knows it's now wedding season. Mm. <laughs> yep. Don't we know it? Of course. Um. Doing what I do, it's kind of once you've seen 200, you've seen them all. In my case, it's once you've seen like a thousand, you've seen them all. So uh, every time it makes me more excited to actually be a guest at your wedding that's coming up. That'll enjoy. (laughs) Uh, I want to be a guest so bad. (laughs) It's one of those. It's the weirdest thing where it's like it's it's coming right around the corner. It's so soon. It's almost 100 days, but it's like get here already get here fast but i don't want to waste the summer because right. i'm just sitting here like let's get to the wedding it's been two freaking years that we've been engaged let's let's go um but yeah that uh that should be a wedding that you shouldn't have really too much to do maybe a little bit uh, you're not getting paid for it though no no i'll i'll behave until after the uh ceremony's over about that. <laughs> that's perfect that's fine by me i'm i'm doing a lot of what i'm told that day so uh, yeah 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 as long as long as those can follow suit i'll uh i will be happy and a nervous freaking wreck so of course um so today we're going to do uh heart for 2010 uh on the day that we're recording this uh it is right now the ninth anniversary to the day we're doing this on the the day of the actual show the 15th 
uh, this is the ninth anniversary, so that's really cool. And we kind of get to relive uh, an early show that I went to. So uh, that'll be that'll be fun. We'll get to that in a second. But um, what number show have, was this for you? This was three. Three. Okay. So this is really early on. This is you know I I, I have not gotten the full Pearl Jam experience and my show experience to this point. I I, I know what's like rare and what's common and and things like that but i only really know the those two shows that came before i i don't know any of this other history of the band so i'm kind of going into this a little uh eh, gullible in a way like just kind of still major fan of the band of course but like no idea what what's really gonna happen and and sort of you kind of miss those days in a way uh i'd i'd hate to say that those days uh can sometimes set up some disappointment if if you go these days especially if you go to like a um a spot where they're doing a night one night two sometimes one of the shows might not be as as good as the other and then you start to think back on your long career of going to pearl jam shows and you say <laughs> oh of course it wasn't going to be as good as you know x show or y show and then and then you go to night two and you're like oh that's that's it right there but that's 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 why you go to both night one and night two that's why you yeah if at all possible you don't skip exactly yeah so um yeah we'll get into that all that obviously for the next uh however long we're going to be doing this but we have some unfinished business uh two weeks ago we released our state college episode it was a long episode filled with tons and tons of discussion and one of the main uh points of discussion was uh satan's bed so um and one of the things that we talked about that you said you thought that they had it in their mind that they were going to play satan's bed there was no reason why they should have played it that bad. No reason. So I might have a story here, you know, and and I believe this. I'm 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 a I'm a firm believer that if anybody's gonna write this much to us and and chime in that they're you know, why would they why would they stretch the truth about this? This sounds really legit. He's got all of the factual stuff that we know uh, is in line and all of the rest really makes sense because it's, it's not just like, Hey, I was the guy that told him to play Satan's bed. Oh uh-huh, yeah, sure. You were, um, this goes a little deeper than that. So I think we have some clarity here. I think we have the reason I really wanted to share this before, uh, getting into Hartford. So, uh, this was from, uh, a fan. I didn't get his name on the message board on, uh, on the porch, but, uh, um, oh, so let me see. Uh, he's a fan that has all the answers. You don't have his name. Okay, Randy. All, all I, right. Well, no, I have his username. <laughs> I don't have, I didn't get his normal, his, you know, uh, regular person introduction name. Is it George? M- is it George Glass? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, it's Sobelberg, it's, uh, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's uh, Van Nostrand. What's, there, what's, oh, what's it's, uh, yeah, uh, Doctor uh, Van Nostrand. Did he have a first name? I don't know. I thought he did. Was it like 
Charles or something uh, you like know, that? I d- I'm embarrassed Crap. I don't know this. Yeah. We'll call yeah. him Art. How about Art Vandelay? We'll go with Art Vandelay. Art Vandelay. Perfect. That one I can remember. <laughs> so Art Vandelay wrote in and he kind of uh, was saying that he'd been, he had been to a bunch of shows with him and his friend. His friend was a huge, huge fan of Satan's Bed and all he's ever wanted was to hear Satan's Bed. Um, and he went, I think they went to like Cleveland 98, Pittsburgh 2000, Pittsburgh 2003, and those were ones that, you know, they would go and, and they would bring a bed sheet and it said, play Satan's bed on it. So they were, you know, that, that was, that was what they've been trying to do. So this really kicks off where the story is. They drove from Buffalo. They got into the fan club line super early at like five or six in the morning and spent uh, a long day outside the venue, which they said a special energy, a special buzz. And when Ed opens the floor for a request, I will admit, knowing the history of the band and see, and just excited to see what was going to unfold, I completely forgot about my friend bringing the unused t-shirts from last week's show. So that was, I think, the Pittsburgh show. I should have... It's a long story, and I, I'm kind of picking at points to, to tell here, but this gotcha. is all this all makes sense. Uh, until somebody, multiple people near us were chanting, Satan's bed, Satan's bed. We looked at each other. He grabbed one of the shirts and then quickly tied it up in a knot so it had some weight to it, so it wouldn't just float to the ground while in flight. He hands it to me, and he says, I played baseball a lot growing up, and he trusted my arm way more than he trusted his. Uh, not even paying attention to what Ed was saying. I cocked back and in mid sentence I hit him bullseye as if we were playing catch in the backyard. I estimate a 30 to 35 foot throw. We were on Mike slash Jeff's side about eight rows deep. I should check my ticket sub. So on the shirt said, thanks for the music. Please play Satan's bed. It was written on the shirt in a unique rendition of the devil. And that makes sense with the story because when Ed opened the shirt, he said, thanks for the music, please fuck me. Which is, uh, you know, the same same language that, that he's utilizing here. So, and he says, I think they played it that night for reasons combined into the moment. I felt like they were up for anything that night. Ed kind of committed to it by saying, as he unfurled the shirt, if it has a request on it, we're going to play it. And it sounds a little cheesy, but niceness can go a long way because we said, please play Satan's Bed instead of a common command like Exhibit A, play Leashu Pussies. I think it was easier for Ed to consider trying it. He holds the shirt up so only he can see the front and reads it. And I recall Jeff being curious and looked over to see what it was. They all congregate. No one knows the song except for Jeff. That's very obvious. And he's playing his part to try to remind everyone how it goes. And as soon as Stone kicks it off, he I knew exactly what it was. Not even my buddy no- noticed it immediately, immediately. Obviously, not many did until Matt and Jeff started to play. So uh, that's... And then it kind of goes on saying it was an amazing experience and all that. And uh, that sounds... That pr- sounds pretty legit. I'm buying this. I believe it. Uh, still don't think it should have been played. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I think things are still getting a little fuzzy, too, because I, I listened back to it, and I we had mentioned that maybe 
Jeff had, you know, started and taken off with it. I listened to it. I think Mike starts it. And I actually think Jeff knew it kind of the least. I don't think Jeff knew it at all. And I also listened back to... I don't think any of them knew it. Uh, yeah, I also listened back to... Uh, like Because I, I felt a little silly after we had recorded. Because I, I even had mixed up what I was saying. Uh, I listened back to um, Mankind. And 100% Jeff's fault. 100% Jeff's fault. Jeff had no idea what he was doing in that song. And then when they restarted it, Jeff still didn't know what he was doing. Uh, Jeff, man. Come on. I it rehearsed. It was, it was a bad <laughs> Jeff night. I don't know. This, I don't know, man. Tonight, I feel like today's show makes up for the Satan's Bed from last week. Even though there's a good story out of it, we do get Satan's Bed in this show. And uh, frankly, I thought that was a very good Satan's bed. So it was it was a pleasure to hear. <laughs> so we have uh, can kind of compare and contrast uh, between the two over there. So um, all right, I'd, I'd rather not bring that one from two weeks ago up ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't want to, but you know I'm not going to be able to hold myself. To, uh, and neither I, will I. I. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about Hartford. Um, like I said, it was my third show at that point, and I kind of had a better idea of what to expect, but kind of had this list of running songs, and, and I, I've been actually doing a lot of checking up on uh, Facebook memories just to see what I was thinking at that time. Cause I was very much, I, I, I don't really do this anymore, but I was very much make a make everything public person back then. Um, and I, for a couple days I was like, Oh, play this, play that. Uh, I think I wrote the lyrics to crazy Mary as a status once. Uh, uh, and I guess most of the songs that I wanted to hear were pretty basic. Uh, one of them was WMA, which I don't think I understood at the time was almost never played as an actual song. Cause uh, did it, one of the two times I had seen it, it had been played. So what else was I going to think? Did the tag kind of almost throw you off to where sometimes maybe you, you might miss it if you're not paying attention. Uh, I don't remember that. I think I just, it was one of those things where, you know, it, it, it was just hearing WMA and it was it was cool. But I, you know, I think I wanted the chorus out of it at least. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that, though. Yes. Uh, so random things about this day. Uh, I attended this show with my ex. And at the time, she was starting to understand the obsession and starting to understand uh i guess my love for the band and and i i don't really remember how much i expected of her and like how much i expected her to know and how much she did know i know she liked all of you know the very typical songs and backspacer was very new at the time so we listened to backspacer a lot and i think you know, Just Breathe and Amongst the Waves were two that stick out to me. Um, but the thing I'll remember from this day, it, it's kind of, we're going to kind of get into it here because uh, this it all ties together somehow. Um, 
earlier in the day, she graduated. She got her master's degree from Sacred Heart University in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. I think it's in Fairfield. I don't know. I don't know where else it could be. Uh, and really, she, you know, our relationship was kind of ended due to religion. Uh, she was very Catholic, and I really agnostic slash atheist slash Jewish background, and I have a very bad relationship with religion in general. Uh, that's not to say that. You know, I don't respect anybody else's viewpoint, but if anybody kind of infringes on mine, I get very uh, sort of defensive about it. Um, so, yeah, she was Catholic, but, like, I guess I, I didn't really understand what being Catholic was about. I, I, you know, they didn't go to church every Sunday, but, like, I didn't really... I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I still kind of don't. So, um and we ended the relationship due to religion. Uh, at one point, she had joined a church choir and or, or something, or she was singing at church or something like that, and she wanted me to go and watch her sing at church. And churches scared me, scared the living crap out of me, and they still do. Um, you know, I, I went to a, a wedding in a church, and I felt like, I was unwanted. I was an unwanted child in there. Uh, but that, again, that, 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 those are my issues. So, you know, uh, not, that's not to say anybody else has anything different, but, um, so I, I told her I wasn't stepping foot in a church cause that was just how I felt. Um, and that turned into her obviously thinking that we were going to get married in church. And I thought that, saying that was disrespectful to my family who you know didn't don't have the same religious viewpoints and i thought it would be neutral or you know try to to bring both together and it and it all kind of fell apart so um this is the thing i remember most from this graduation ceremony is at the end because this is this is a Catholic school, Sacred Heart. Um, at the end of the ceremony, they bring uh, a pastor or a priest out, and um, and they do, I, I guess they do a prayer or a blessing. And I, uh, everybody in the crowd, you know, the, the may God be with you, also be with you. I And I'm saying this stuff. I don't know this stuff. I, I know little bits and pieces, but, like, the crowd reciting it, back scared the living crap out of me i was legit like what do i do i've never been in this situation before i've never um i, I don't know i am so confused i i felt like completely out of place and then and then the place started a prayer and i didn't know what to do because everybody else around me knew what to do. It was it was sort of like snap and uh, and everybody n knew the directions and nobody told me the directions to the game beforehand. So I was very much out of place and I what I did was I uh, I decided to hold my breath for however long the prayer was because I I was afraid that I would say something very stupid 
one, or two, I just didn't, I just thought that maybe I, I would take my attention away from the, everything that was going on, and, and maybe that would help, I, it, I don't know, um, but that's specifically what I remember from this day outside of of Pearl Jam and and yes that um that relationship is over long long over obviously very obviously and um and no we are not getting married in a church so uh I figured I mentioned that because it's just kind of it's part of it's part of what I remember from this day and that's sort of what we do here so I feel like nobody else will ever share that same experience as you did on a Pearl Jam day. No, probably not. Probably not. A lot of people have similar experiences. I could confidently say that is yours and yours only. I mean, at least the, you know, holding, holding your breath part. Uh, (laughs) Um, I thought maybe Again, you were saying I, you were bored and you're like, all right, I'm going to hold my breath for this prayer. See if I could do it. <laughs> no, I was legit scared. Okay. I was terrified because just not, it was like a party that I was uninvited to that, you know, I, I thought they would all, you know, somebody would look at me and say, over there, there's the Jew, get him. Ah! <laughs> I, I, I legit thought all these things were going to happen because I, you know, I don't understand uh, or didn't understand religion at the time and, and thought that maybe they would hate on me for, for you know, not sharing their religion. But uh, nah, you'd yeah. be fine. Jesus was Jewish. Yeah, for a little while. You know, one one time Jew. Oh, boy. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides that, the only non Pearl Jam thing I can remember from the show is. Uh, I accidentally left my debit card in the ATM at the at the XL Center, oh. and so we go inside, and I go to pay for like a beer or or a hot dog or whatever, and I realize my my debit card is gone. What the hell happened to it? So I had to like beg and plead with the security guard, "Hey, I think I left my debit card in the ATM machine." Will you let me come back in? Will I be able to get re-entry? Because if I didn't, if if I couldn't re-enter the arena, then that's that's no show for us. Shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, most of these shows, it's it's no re-entry, and it's very uh, you know, you go to baseball games, it's the same way. Once you once you're out, you can't come back in. Uh, to the point where in when we were at Fenway, we walked. We stepped out. Uh, this was like right as Rockin' in the Free World was ending. Uh, we had stepped out because I was trying to look to see if there were poster uh, stands, if there were merch stands for posters. And the security guard, like, I made one step back in the direction I went in, and the security guard said, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't go back in. And I was just like, I'm just looking for merch stands. I don't know. And the security guard was like, no, you can't do that. And I said I was literally here, and another security guard walked over and was like, "It's it's fine, go do whatever you want," but that shit can be strict. So uh, thankfully, I did get my ATM card back. Uh, somebody 
brought it up to like a concierge desk uh, and I am able to tell that it was probably a Pearl Jam fan and not a resident of Hartford because if it was a resident of Hartford, I probably wouldn't have gotten it back. So <laughs> if you are happen to happen to be listening and that was you, uh, thank you. I'm sure it would have been hell without it. I've had about 20 more debit cards since then, but you know, uh, it was, uh, it definitely didn't ruin the night. So, uh, that's good. Um, all right. We ready to kick it off. Oh yeah. Kick it off with some tunes. Um, opening up the show here. I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, like, I had two shows open openers were the first two were release and hard to imagine. So I was thinking more along those lines. I would think that at the time I was probably thinking sometimes cause I was really into that song at the time. And like, you know, along those lines, more of those, uh, slower, you know, ease in songs. But, um, one I had absolutely no expectation for, or I didn't even know it would be played on this night even though it was played this whole entire tour was unthought known. And that was the opener. Uh, and once they started playing it, I was just kind of like, really, this is, this is how they're going to open the show. This is like almost intrigued, but then again, like almost disappointed because it wasn't really on my list of songs that I wanted to hear from backspacer, but that's cause I just wasn't into it at the time. But looking back on the show and listening to it and even in the moment, like getting into the song and, and starting to get into the show, uh, while it's being played, um, it worked, it worked really well. So why don't we listen to it here? Cause there's not going to be a lot of other shows that we cover where unthought known is going to be an opener. I want to give it the whole taking the stage lead in to really, to really give you the effect of, of it, of, of it being the opener. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think it's the only way to do it really. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's do that and let's kind of, let's get a feel for how this, uh, how this night kicked off. Oh, black with a starlight Feel 
so yeah, this was pretty much last on my list of expectations. Uh, going through and and seeing uh, what they would do with the song opener wise. Uh, two nights before this night, they did it in Buffalo, and then later in the year they would open with it in France, and then. The only other times where they've opened up with it came in 2011. So pretty rare to hear as an opener, especially for a song that's uh, as common as this nowadays. This is like, you know, this was a, a a leftover song from Backspacer. If you don't hear a Backspacer song, uh, if you only hear one per night, it, it's probably this one or, or Just Breathe. So um, what'd you think as an opener? Uh, you know... These days, you could kind of have some expectations as to what will open up a set. You, know, you have your washes, your releases. Uh, even sometimes you have a corduroy, you know, and it's, yeah, it, it you know, there's something expected about, about those songs. But doing the show, I've kind of learned to just throw all of my expectations to the wind and not really, not really have them anymore. And uh, this is a perfect example of that. I thought it was great. I, there's nothing wrong with it and uh there's nothing wrong with starting off a show where uh where the crowd is clapping along from from the jump off there's nothing wrong with that either so it, i loved it i, I loved think it. my in, i think my initial fear and i wasn't as tapped in at the time but i didn't realize how how many people loved this song at the time i thought that this was just kind of a I don't know, an in-between song on, on Backspacer. The songs I loved right. from this album at the time were Amongst the Waves, um, uh, Fixer because it was the single and, you know, catchy, uh, Gonna See My Friend. Um, and uh, I was I think I was really into Supersonic at the time, actually, uh-huh. uh, now that I think about it. But um, Unthought Known was just kind of an afterthought known. And... When they did, I I I was very surprised that the the crowd was really into it, and I think their energy and enthusiasm got me energetic and, and enthused. So it was really, you'll see the way the show develops and goes on. It's a very positive show. It's got a lot of happiness. It's got a lot of positivity. Definitely, and I guess how they open with this with, with the song I, I guess just kind of takes all the positivity and you know it's a perfect way to showcase that that's what you're going for right with Th- this set this this song set absolutely the perfect pace and momentum for there basically all of set one in my opinion yeah, it's it's interesting. There, nothing gets it, it's more poppy. Nothing gets really hard uh, or fast or anything like that. But um, yeah, it it really does set the pace. Do you think people there maybe had been following them or had seen this song live previous? Because this is a song to where if you see it live once you're probably going to be pretty into it the next time you hear it it's it's a it's a really great live song for for fans for participation maybe not so much for participation well, maybe so because no it's a participation song yeah, I, absolutely I mean, I, well aside from a few lines 
it's mostly it's a good clap along, you know, and, and that's right. the perfect way to start a show. So I think if people had seen this or heard it live in some capacity, uh, you're going to get a great reaction from it. I think it's I think it's the chain reaction theory where um, maybe. Yeah, maybe if, there's there might be a hundred people in there that have seen it and, and they, right. they start getting energetic and everyone's like, yeah, I'm feeling this, too. Sure. Or, and they or follow you, up and, and their energy on it kind of yeah. translates over to you and translates over to the band. And, and you could tell really fast from hearing a song on the album and then being in a live setting and then seeing it live. You you, you could tell right away from the crowd, from the band, if you're going to be really into it or if maybe you're not sure about how this song is going to sound quite yet because you're only familiar with with the album. And I think this is a prime example of how when the song starts you could say to yourself no this is 100 percent a live song and 100 percent a solid opener i absolutely agree this is i mean this is a live song in every way possible uh you know to the point where like i don't really listen to backspacer that much but um sometimes i forget where it is on the album because it just sort of it tends to be forgettable, but live, I remember almost every time I've seen it because yep. it's, it's a memorable moment. And this one is absolutely no different. So um, that takes us into Corduroy, uh, which was very much a song I wanted and expected in very much this spot. And um, you can really hear the crowd a lot in this bootleg. And you hear them on the recording singing back to Eddie in the beginning. And it, it it really feel it gives that um it's just again it, you're almost thinking to yourself why hartford and i thought i i thought this to myself I, yeah I, okay I, I wanted to ask you when when you wanted to bring up you told me you had a theory today and i i, I do i didn't want to jump the gun so is this an appropriate time do you want to tell the story because i'm i'm very curious I, I think so, because um, the crowd is going to play a major role in this entire show. Uh, but I think we need to kind of explain why, because you might be thinking to yourself, if, if you're I don't know, a Midwestern, West Coast guy, you're thinking Hartford, Connecticut. Why, why would Hartford, Connecticut be such a good show with such a great crowd? And there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. It's because it's dead center in the middle of Boston. And New York. So all of those transplants, even the people that maybe say, I can't make it to do the full tour to do like, you know, multiple days on the tour. The people that said that I couldn't go to the MSG shows, couldn't go to the TD Bank uh, Garden shows. Um, This is I can take two hours. Uh, of a drive and, and head over and even people from Philly it's not that bad of a drive from Philly it's it's a little less than four hours so you have this melting pot of huge fan bases that are coming in that are super excited that are treating this like a garden show and then you have the locals and the Hartford people that maybe you get people that are just like oh, I'm only gonna go if it's in my hometown and that translates to them. So the next time that they played Hartford in 2013, that was even a better crowd than this crowd was. Right. So, so I, 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 you're you're absolutely correct because 
most people say a lot of people that travel for whatever reason, a lot of people in our, our neck of the woods travel for, you know, for everything. So you say, where's Hartford, Connecticut? And people say, oh, yeah, you pass through there when I'm going to New York or, oh, I pass through there when I'm going to Boston. You know, it's, it's 95, you know, that, it's something you go through. But for a Pearl Jam fan that goes to Boston, that goes to New York, you say, you say, where's Hartford, Connecticut? They go, I know exactly where Hartford, Connecticut is. And why haven't uh-huh. I, why haven't I thought about that before? It's, it's the perfect location and you could get an arena full of diehard fans from two very, very popular diehard Pearl Jam locations. And it's, kind of like a secret spot and it's kind of like where i i hate to say stragglers because i always welcome new fans but hartford could become a spot even over boston or new york where it is just an arena full of diehards because of its location that's what it really it really seemed that way i don't know if i i grasp that that's how the bootleg comes off from the from the as exactly what we were saying about Unthought Known. I mean, they're ready right. from the start with that song. And the song is relatively new. And, you know, if you're not following them around, you might not be that familiar with it. But the crowd is 100% in on this song. And maybe it's because it's a full arena of absolute diehard fans. I think, I think you got something there. Because I, I don't think you can tell by the bootleg... But I don't think from being there, I don't think I captured that. I, I was just thinking like, oh, everybody's really happy to see Pearl Jam. And I, I didn't really grasp the whole encompassing uh, what the fan base was about. I, I thought the fan base was really cool and I was really happy to be part of it. And I wanted to be part of it more. But um, 2013, where I did feel like I was part of it more, I felt like whenever we do that show, there's a point where... Uh, when they stop, I think it was after Last Exit or Lightning Bolt or something like that, like right in that middle, early first set part, mm-hmm. they stop. The crowd gives them a, like a four-minute standing ovation. Yeah. It is absolutely incredible. So Don't sleep uh, on Hartford, guys. Do not sleep on Hartford. Don't sleep yet, on Hartford. Yet don't make Hartford one of these cities where it's impossible to get tickets to. Randy, maybe... Maybe we should just abort this episode and keep Hartford a secret. Guys, this never <laughs> happened. We're not talking about Hartford. We're, no, we're talking about... We're talking about uh, Ka- Kalamazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Great show in Kalamazoo. Yeah, they, they brought it for that one. They did. Um, other things on Corduroy. Uh, this is one of the sneaky good Corduroys that are that, that's been in my playlist for a long time. Because at the end where they're really starting to, they get into that ending part, Ed's just belting, here we go, here we go. And that like always stuck out to me as like such a powerful version of this. Uh, and it, just, it, it fires you up. And I, I remember absolutely loving it when I was there. Yeah, he'll do that time to time in a corduroy. And especially when it's early on in the night, you know that, that he is going to be ready for the rest of the night. You know that the band's going to be ready for the rest of the night. And uh, and that's exactly how it was here. And it's a nice, short, sweet to the point version. It's a perfect way to start off early in the set. There's uh, nothing fancy. Yeah, nothing fancy at all. But it's it's good. 
It's very good. Yeah, it's straightforward. It's not like I don't think anybody's going to come up to us and be like that was the best corduroy I've ever I've ever heard, but they're going to be like, "Man, corduroy should be played like that often early and often." So, yeah. Um that takes us into the next song, which is at the time I was very very surprised to hear this here. Uh Do the Evolution number 3. Um I guess my, you know, evolution out of all the songs is probably up there with one of the most I've ever heard. Uh, you know, next to Even Flow Alive, Evolution is probably, you know, number three. Uh, and you don't realize that they do it that often because they can mix it around and, and it's not like how Alive is where you know exactly when they're going to play Alive. You know exactly around when they're going to play Even Flow. But Evolution, they can be like, all right. Number three tonight, Evolution. They could sneak it up on you like this, and and it sort of it changes the feel of the song, and it kind of it feels like it changed the feel of the set that early on, like that you really weren't expecting it. And and I re- I remember there was there was some rocking. I, I felt like the the arena there was some vibration going on in the same way uh, that you know people talk about the MSG show. I, man, I had that, I, I think you were with me. Uh, I think it was one of the Red Hot Chili Pepper shows in like Jersey we went to see. I think you were there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Chris Crawford, right? Our, yeah. Our friend Chris. Do you remember that? Like the, you felt the stadium like swaying? There's something yeah, kinda. very unsettling about that. But yeah, it's cool to talk about. But in the moment, you're like, uh, <laughs> Is this going to be a tragedy on the 11 o'clock news? <laughs> Goo, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, do the evolution very uh, easy to place anywhere. It's it's actually really nice to see early uh, for once because I, like, I feel like we haven't gotten it this early ever or at least in a very long time. They were uh, kind of playing. They were playing with it around this, uh, around this time in 2010. I, yeah. I think they were... I don't, I don't know because one of those other MSG shows I went to that year, I think they played in the same exact spot. Right. Uh, so that time I, I was, I was expecting it, and I, I kind of knew it was coming. But yeah. So this one, no. I I had mentioned this to you today. Um, I kind of had an overall feeling for the whole show. I I also mentioned to you before we started that I I revisited this show just today and and. I had a whole page of notes and I ended up getting rid of a lot of them because they weren't making any sense. And I totally disagreed with myself on a lot of the stuff I had written. And I was able to pretty much sum it up into just one thought. And that's that, um, this is going to sound bad from the, for, you know, uh, initially, but it's not a bad thing. I think this show is really sloppy, but in a very good way. It's sloppy in a fun way. It's you had mentioned maybe more lighthearted, but my point to you was in, in do the evolution. Um, if anyone ever has heard this song on the album or live ever, uh, Jeff does this little bass run, you know, before every course and he does it every time. And I was, I was laughing to you today because he tries it every single time here and he cannot do it at all. he, he flops it every single time and it's just really sloppy playing and it comes up a few more times with everyone in the band. Everyone is sloppy, but it is 
it's so much fun because it's not like, ooh, that was a bad note or they fucked up a song or they're screwing up orders or Ed's voice is cracking. No, it's just it's just sloppy, but it's fun and it's and it's um it's real. I said to you, it's real. It sounds like a real band, like rock and roll. Yeah, I didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah, like... But now I'm starting to get it. Yeah, yeah. So you could have some mess-ups, but it's not taking you out of the performance completely. You know, it's 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 difficult to describe, and normally I'll get on them when something is, is bad. And these little sloppy mess-ups are not bad. It's tough to describe. I'm very particular. I get, I get, yeah, I get where you're. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, and I, I know that I've actually lately listened to this baseline. You know, more. I've been paying more attention to it because I've noticed some things that he does in it, and I get where it can get a little sloppy because Mike and Stone are playing essentially the same thing, and Jeff is doing do 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 and he's doing something completely different. Yeah, he's got a but then he's going back to that and he only does it once. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's confusing. It is. The the part that I'm talking about is right before the it's evolution baby. It's like a um uh it's like that he can't do it here and it's not that he's like uh it's not that he's like freestyling it's that he's just really sloppy um it's a couple notes off on guitar here but like i said it's 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 fun and and i know john farrar is going to jump on me for this because he's going to be like i'm contradicting myself but john there there is a very defined line between sloppy good and sloppy bad and this was sloppy good this show is sloppy good yes because it's fun this yeah uh if that's how you feel i I like sloppy good out of your mouth and sloppy bad uh it's uh you know uh, that sounded bad that sounded odd i got it i got what you meant yeah i i I know you got (laughs) it but it just it just you know uh it was weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah You're telling me. Uh, the only other thing I had about evolution was just, and I don't want to spend all day on, on this topic, but like they were singing it. Ed was singing it like it was a late set song and not an early set song. He was really, he was letting it all go in this. And it sort of made me think like, well, if you had all of this, if, if you had a version like this ready and prepared to go, I feel like this kind of version would have been better later in the set it would have been really good late in the set which was it was just fine here if you yeah know because it's also like holy shit he's he's given us like like encore energy in the yeah. third song so yeah right save some you know save a little bit but uh i well, think they for, were... for the it the good thing is is that it 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 remains pretty on point for the rest of the night it's not that he he overstretched himself or anything it, it might have been risky i understand what you're saying but uh at least it goes the positive way right right yeah there's nothing there's nothing bad about this per se it's just you know when you're thinking like late in the set and like getting all the energy 
you know, back up or after something slow or something like that. Like you would want a version like that. But you know what? Third song and you're getting that still pretty freaking good too. Um, all right, we get to song numero four. Uh, got some here. And 2010 me does not hate the song just yet. <laughs> he thinks it's fine. And it really wasn't until they started playing this in the encore that I was really like, fuck this song. Cause I remember hearing this in a couple of encores, probably during the lightning bolt tour. Yeah. And that's where I started hating it. We, so we disagree on the song, but we both agree that it is 100% not an encore song. No, 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 no. If you're going to play it, I don't mind this spot, especially for this tour. Uh, and I really, the only other spot I kind of like is maybe late first set, maybe like 13th or so song in. Yes. I agree. I agree with both things. Yeah. Um, Ed greets the crowd after got some and says, it's a bit early to be breaking microphones. Oh, that's right. He, he broke his mic. Yeah. The there was a, he broke the mic stand. Uh, I thought it had something to do with, there, there was some wicked feedback that, yeah, uh, that was uh, like right at the tail end. Yeah, did his did he drop it or did the mic stand like what happened? I don't rem- I don't remember and there's there's an hour worth of footage on YouTube and I should have I should have looked at that moment. I totally forgot about it. Um I think I I even remember missing it when I was there. I was paying attention to something yeah, else. I thought that and... feedback was a pretty big coincidence. I don't know if maybe he dropped the because you said something happened with his stand as well. I th- I thought his stand is like he was rocking his stand back and forth, and I think maybe you know how in the middle it kind of screws in, and I yeah. think maybe that oh, he may- kind of cracked that part. Or maybe the microphone hit the ground then and caused some feedback. It could have. Yeah, maybe that was it. I I I don't know. This is all this is all speculation. Here. Right. Something happened though because he. Yeah. yeah okay. But he was he was having fun. He kind of laughed it off, and that was pretty good. Uh, so he mentions that they usually play the outdoor venue in this neighborhood, uh, which is, depending on what generation you're from, it's either the Meadows or the New England Dodge Center, or now I believe it's the Xfinity Center. So uh, I call it the Meadows. That's just what I know it as. Uh, but it's... It's like the same kind of outdoor amphitheater with, uh, you know, the grass berm that, you know, everybody yeah. can bring their, you know, picnic chairs on. It's it's not the best venue in the world. It needs a lot of updating, but uh, Pearl Jam played there in, I think, 2006 and 2008. And maybe one of the, oh, uh, 1998, I'm pretty sure they played there. So they, they had frequented uh, Hartford and the meadows a lot uh but this was the first time they were in the xl center so uh he mentioned that he loved being in the enclosed spot uh closer to everybody and he loved the sound and their sound check and uh he kind of there's another time in in this uh in this show where he's like i really love it here it's it's great i i think the other time he says something about the brown stage making it feel like they were in a garage (laughs) And uh, everything, he's just very happy. He's very happy at the show, which is, you know, awesome. That's that's what you want to know. But, like, awesome that it's kind of, there's some hometown pride in that. Because, you know, at the time, I, I, I hadn't even been living in Connecticut for a year. And seeing how 
time is passing. Next month will be my 10-year anniversary living in Connecticut. So, uh, you know, now I can say, like, wow, that's really cool that that Pearl Jam really loves playing in Hartford. Uh, but back then it really was kind of like, why would anybody ever come to Hartford? You know. And now we know. Now we know. Now we know. That takes us into Severed Hand. Uh, around this time, I think, think really early on like the first like five or six shows that i was i was getting this every single night so i it was kind of expected and maybe i kind of wanted something else in this spot but uh i call this song now nowadays i call it a rechaser do you know what a rechaser is no i i made it up for the show. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised it t- it's taken us 35 episodes to get there, but um, a rechaser is, and put it in your live on four legs dictionary uh, that you got there. Uh, a rechaser is something that you've heard before, haven't heard it in a long time, and are bound to hear it again and really want to hear it again. Like, I think that Red Mosquito, hearing that at Fenway, I was re-chasing Red Mosquito because I hadn't heard that since uh, 2011. After that one, I almost don't want them to ever play it again because that one was so fucking good. Fantastic. I mean, Absolutely. just honestly retire it. I, I don't I don't want to hear you try to do it as well because that was, it was perfection. So, of course, play it again. I don't. <laughs> don't never play it again but goddamn if if i never hear it again that's the way i want to go out go out on top yeah um yeah so severed hand is now a rechaser for me which is you know I, I i feel like i haven't heard it in ages and uh i would love to hear it again but this yeah. is uh i had really no notes on this one it just the ending sounds really good yeah that's uh, yeah the only thing that kind of gets me about this song is uh, right after the first chorus, uh, Mike does those little harmonic parts, you know, Yeah. and uh, he, ne- I don't know if he screws it up or if he just likes to, 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 you know, you know, ditty around on it a little bit live, but sometimes I wish he wouldn't freestyle off of it live because it adds such a good element to the song which is why i'm sure he did it in the studio i I would just for once like him to do exactly what he did in the studio live and then we've heard it before we've covered it before he'll do it and he'll do it he'll hit the wrong note and it'll be just a little off key and then he'll find the note and i just want i I just want i just want that something he just doesn't remember yeah i don't know maybe i want the exact rhythm i want the exact harmonic and i want I want exactly how it is on the album just once live. I don't think that's asking too much. You're an avocado apologist. (laughs) Purist. Purist. That's, yes, not apologist. Uh, No, because, you know, I like it when he does different things and different solos. It's just a couple, it's just a couple measures, just a couple bars. Just give me, give me what's on the album one time. That's all I'm asking. Right. Just that little extra. (laughs) Right. Because it's, it's. It's on the album and in the song for a reason, and it's such a killer, killer part. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognize him not doing something there. Or yeah, he he kind of he just he riffed on it a little bit, and I'm like, oh, just uh, okay. It was go all out again. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't what's on the album. So 
Right. Uh, after Severed Hand, Dissident, uh, I remember being very, very, very happy to hear this. And uh, Well, who and wouldn't was be that? happy to hear this, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, who, who wouldn't be happy to hear this song, Brad? I don't know. Who wouldn't be happy to hear this song, Brad? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, if you could find me, Brad, someone that doesn't like to hear this song, Brad, then I would love to meet Brad, him. Okay, meow, uh, Brad. <laughs> oh, Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I was probably uh, not expecting dissident at this point, and this is... I would say one of the high points of this show, Brett. Uh, so uh, we're going to play it. And uh, Brett, hopefully, is going to listen to it. So cool. <laughs> Let's do it. She goes to me. that uh brad liked uh hearing that um because <laughs> it was one of my favorite tracks from the night uh mm-hmm. so i i think i had a slight understanding that dissident really wasn't something that you were going to hear every night so it felt like we got something really good good early um and it's kind of like a personal stat for shows uh for me at least like i think there's a lot of personal personalized stats that i have at this show but this is i've only heard dissident one other time out of 17 other shows so like that that's why this really stands out to me and and it's probably not the best live version of the song uh especially at the end he kind of just kind of says fuck it uh but i you know i love it i really you know because it's again rechasing it's a, it's become a rechaser for me, Brad. So yeah, uh, again, a little bit sloppy of a version, but sloppy in the way of it being. It's got this jammy feel to it. Uh, it's really natural. Uh, the guitars sound amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought this is a great version. Uh, I just want to, of course, touch on. You know, this is song number six, and we've got a pretty stacked first half of the first set i mean this yeah this is a great this is this is what you ask for here um what does he say at the end there uh escape is never uh, what, what does he say in this one i thought it was something like ah the fuck out of here or something yeah. like that and you know what i i always wanted him to hear i don't remember what bootleg it was on we haven't covered it it might have been one that we were at but he goes uh uh Escape is never the safest plan, but it's highly recommended. I've always wanted to hear him do that again. 
I remember doing. Oh, but it's highly recommended. That? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's one I've been to, but I, I ah. Uh, it might it, have been a bootleg that Steve gave me, but it's it's out there, and I've always wanted to hear him say that again. I always thought that was really funny. I I know I've heard that before, though. That's, yeah, that's funny you mentioned. I I haven't thought about that in a long time. Wow. Yeah, it's highly it, recommended. I, I'm I'm sure that was in some kind of, you know, threat level midnight, uh, uh, politically. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so the highly recommended part, I thought uh, it was probably fitting for the time period. So. Maybe we could start there and then and then figure out where it came from. They didn't play this at Reading, did they? Yeah, jeez, I don't remember. Because that sounds it sounds like if if it's highly political, uh, uh, but then I, it would be that era. The Reading show, I don't think the bootleg the bootleg on that wasn't great, and I remember the bootleg where he says that I think was pretty high quality. So okay, yeah, we'll have to look for it. Yeah. Anybody know if anybody knows, that's very specific. I know, but and it's I'm there. Sure, it's out there. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's happened more than once. I'm sure Bagel Bogle might know. He's like he knows everything about bootlegs and so does so does Baba Farrar. So I'm sure between yeah. the two of them they'll be able to tell us. Yeah, we'll 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 get that answer. I know I'm supposed to text during uh during the shows if I if I don't know something, but uh <laughs> right, you know, I, right. I just gotta move along a little bit. Sure. Um, Ed gets on the mic and says that this one would be in a perfect setting if we were outside. So envision that. And that's where he, this part is where he says he loves the stage being brown, kind of like being in a garage. So, uh, this gets us to low light, um, which would, I guess, be played around the time that, uh, the sun would be going down. I, I don't, I don't know what time they took the stage, but yeah, uh, all I know is when, when they went into this, at this spot i was like no 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 really? light no lights no 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 oh you love you love it in the beginning oh but then it it kind of turned out to be one of my favorite low lights we've heard it's it's a really good version yeah and, it, and it's uh, one and, of the more upbeat versions too but it, uh, it, it they made it fit very well here with with i think just because the performance is so good and, and right. it being a little bit more upbeat uh, I was surprised. I was, they hit that first couple notes and I'm like, no, no, I'm again, I'm, I'm fully against this. And by the end of it, dude, I think it's the best, the best low light ending. His, the, the, the last note he hits and holds out. He does hold it out a long time but on this one. There's no pitch problem. There's no cracking. Uh, this was, this was great. This surprised me big time. And this is like right in the middle of where low light is really making this transition into being a regular in the set. Yeah. Uh, this was the 30th time that they played it. Um, and since that, since then it's been played 44 more times, which you would think in nine years isn't a lot, but considering that, you know, we're sitting here in 2019 and we don't have any shows uh, to look forward to. 44 is is a pretty good amount for a song that wasn't even played when its album came out not until like three years later it's really interesting so, too because we're we're seeing it like literally move up the set yeah it's and it, it's gotten it, it's like i think the perfect way to explain it is like it's the six or seven hitter who 
you know, might be like the second baseman and it's kind of on a team that's sort of, you know, a tweener team, not that great, but not, you know, not awful. Uh, but they kind of just get, you know, either hometown guy, home, homegrown guys or uh, free agents that are kind of, they don't have a lot of expectations for. And then all of a sudden they move them up in the lineup and like they're killing it. They're raking it. I, I think like low light in translation to a baseball player is Justin Turner of the Dodgers. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, formerly of the Mets. Yes, that was, that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, but like when he was on the Mets, he had like no expectations, but he was a good clubhouse guy and you know, he played the game right. And you know, nobody thought that he was going to be like a three twenty hitter. And the minute he left the Mets, he becomes the Dodgers everyday third baseman. He's hitting third for the team and they go to two world series. So yeah, Low light is helping the band go to World Series. You know, I see it being like they test it. It starts out low. It's it's low on the rank. It's it, it's like a janitor. It's not even like the janitor. It's 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 like the the. It's, it's just a factory. It, it, it's like the the turd in the in the toilet that the janitor can't unclog. <laughs> oh, and then and that's th- horrible. But. And that's also I'm open. When they first started to kind of bring it back, though, it it sucked. And then what does it do? It keeps getting promoted. And then yeah, before you know it, it's the CEO of the company that's opening up a Wrigley Field, <laughs> you know. And and it's one of the greatest songs in their catalog that gets a very very high honor. And uh, and that's the way it should be. There's, you know, there's another song in the set that we're going to talk about uh, in a little while that that I'm really hoping becomes the new low light because I think it's just one of those songs that it does sound really good on the album. And once, if they ever decide to play it again live and decide to perfect it, I think it could sound really good. But we'll get to that one in a little bit. Um, after this, uh, I think Ed Ed makes a mistake here. He says... Jeff wrote that last one. That's not the mistake. Uh, but then he starts to tell a story and realizes that it's not for the next song. So he <laughs> corrects himself and he gets very confused. And he's like, uh, this one's for, for for you, anyone. You all can have it. And uh, that gets us into Amongst the Waves. Uh, one that I think I, I said before, I was gravitating toward the song. Mm-hmm. The most when the album came out, and I had a feeling that it was going to be played uh, at this show and probably you know the other two shows that I was going to this tour. Um, I I enjoyed. I was very uh, I was very happy with this version. Um, it's pretty steady, aside from some hesitation during Mike's solo. Uh, a little bit, a little it bit. Was, it was barely audible, but um, honestly, this was. This is a good spot. This is a good spot for it, right? Right before even flow, I think that kind of eases you into something that's that's about to get you excited. I, I totally agree. I think low light and amongst the waves work very well together here. I think they're working well going into even flow, uh, especially towards the end of the first part of a set. I think this pairing sneaks up on you. Uh, they snuck up on me for sure. I I didn't really know how to dissect or translate this and it turned out to be a a a a home run really uh 
and uh or, or to to run home run you know uh you kind of you get you get <laughs> it's scoring low light from third you get low light and amongst the waves on there and then even flow comes up and 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 brings them on in and, and uh, listen amongst the waves that fantastic performance i thought it was great and you hear the crowd on it which you you can't ask for anything more that's what you want you want to hear that in a bootleg you want to hear this participation i'm going to be totally honest with you here though I am starting to not really care for Amongst the Waves. Just as a song. Just as a song. And it's not because I don't like the song. I do like the song. This performance, I I don't want to get this twisted or confused. Loved it. Loved it. Just kind of bored with it now. Well, it's funny that you say that because I, after these string of shows ended, this was probably the one that I, I had listened to the most uh, after these string of shows ended, it was like, all right, um, the new hot girlfriend is here, unthought known, uh, amongst the waves, kind of kind of put it on the, the back burner a little bit. Uh, I think the last time, uh, I think we heard it at the first show at Fenway, um, and my reaction to it was kind of like, huh, all right, cool, uh, instead of like, uh, it's, I'm just really... You know, not like I'll never not like it. Right. But um, it wasn't a reaction that I had to like diss it in at this show. Where yeah. I'm yeah. Just like, well, you wow, know what? That's, that's awesome. When they announced their tour for 2028, which is what it's looking like <laughs> by then, if they do amongst the waves, I'm going to be all for it. All right. That's that's a promise. Just give me till then. Till I'm, 2028. <laughs> That'll be there'll be their fourth goodbye tour. That's when the next tour and the next album will come out, right? Because that's it looks like where we're. <laughs> of course, I'm I mean, exaggerating. That's around, yeah, that's around the same time that uh that that it's taken for Tool to release something, right? <laughs> they're playing shows now, and they're like starting to put singles out. I'm like, wait a minute. No, that they, they got a. It's a legit. Uh, they put out a date. I think it's August 30th. Oh right, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Because then I said to myself. Apparently, I overslept 10 years because there's no way they're putting something out already, right? Yeah, you Rip Van Winkled that. Uh, uh, I had to have, yeah. From what I remember, I think Mike was definitely playing behind his back, and you can tell when he's playing behind his back because it's, like, very specific. And I think it was, like, right in the beginning of the solo that he was doing it. Uh, But, I don't know, did... The energy was really good th- throughout the song, but uh, you know, I it's it is it is very even flow. It is uh, yeah. par for the course for even flow. I mean, you, you, great example here. You know, Eddie lets the crowd sing it when they come out of the chorus, and it sounds mm-hmm. oh yeah incredible. Mike and Jeff and Cameron are are completely locked in. But Mike's y- doing something with the reverb, actually. Yeah, you know, it, you know what? It, it's that was kind of interesting. It's it's like corduroy. There's nothing groundbreaking here. It's just fucking great. Yeah, straightforward. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Just, we got to convince you guys of. No, no. If you again, not the best even flow by any sense of the word. But if you get this even flow at a show, this is it's great. This is what you want. You know. Yep. Yep, you want you want a version like this. There's no, there's no sloppiness. There's no, you know, the crowd is is into it. The crowd is is giving their parts, and everything everything has its place in this one. And yeah, I can't can't really complain. 
Um, all right, we get to the post. There's a lot of speeches in this show. Uh, well, a lot of little. They're like uh, <laughs> they're like the tags of the speech world because <laughs> there's like a bunch yeah. of them, but they're they're not long. <laughs> They're not long, but there's also like he talks about something, he mentions something, and then he's like, "All right, well now here's what I really want to talk about." Right. So he says, you know, he points Mike out and and gets a tremendous standing ovation from the crowd. Uh, said Hartford has been very kind to this band the last two times we've been here, uh, and then he goes off on describing a young couple who were standing on the corner holding hands earlier that afternoon. And you can tell that they have a long life ahead, no job yet, stability far ahead, but it was powerful. It looked like they could do anything if they stuck together. And there's something important about long relationships. We, we, know, we know about that up here. You reach higher planes of existence and communication and an experience that you never have if you had times if times didn't get difficult or tough and the next song is a cautionary tale about someone who had that and let it go and this <laughs> i'm starting to talk like your dad <laughs> can't, randy's can't shake that randy's uh eddie vetter impression is the same as my as the impression he has for my father uh my father <laughs> sounds nothing like eddie vetter but uh, it just they go hand in hand, yeah. And my father, yeah, you, my father looks exactly like Hank Hill. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, this was a, a great way to introduce the song. I, I thought that was a really nice thing for him to say, and you know, a lot of the positivity coming from the show—that's things that you can kind of learn from and, and take from from Eddie from this. Uh, and I think the relationship that I was in during the show, I did end up become nothing man uh because of that well we didn't even say that that was the next song i kind of assumed you guys knew where we were going it was with this. A, but yeah it was no, a good segue yeah nothing nothing man is the next song and i i did once this relationship ended i i kind of uh i kind of felt like i was the nothing man you know the uh empty stairs and all that stuff and uh yeah this this one around this time was hitting me pretty well yeah, uh, we've heard better. This one isn't. Uh, it's not great, but it's it, it's uh, it's got emotion. It's got passion to it. Yeah, uh, I thought Jeff sounded really good. I thought he came through crystal clear on the recording. Yeah, absolutely. This this has a great. Uh, that was this, a standout for me. Absolutely, it's got a great a great Jeff uh, bass part to it, and uh, the down, crowd is the crowd is also cr- top notch. Crowd is top notch on it for sure. Nothing special on this one, but. This one, it's it's tough for me to say anything bad about. Uh, yeah, it's just a great song and I'm uh, still perfect after Evenflow. Per- absolutely perfect. Yeah, I don't. I I think Nothing Man after Evenflow is is my absolute favorite place to hear this song. Um, even though there are other spots that are good for it, but it just kind of it really takes you into you know the mood setting and and just sort of. Uh, campfire for a second, you know, after something that's really electric and energetic. And the crowd is taking that same energy and enthusiasm that they had for Evenflow and injecting it in Nothing Man. And that's why, uh, you know, this version and most versions where they can do that, it does sound really good. And I wonder if that's kind of what they're thinking when they, they put the set together. Yeah, so possibly. Uh, 
This I I I am still looking for the one. There's one where he tells a story after after Nothing Man where uh it has something to do w- with uh when they were playing in Germany and he did the Into the Sun and he lifts his uh he raises his hand in a certain way and made and he made sure he never did that again. You know where I'm go- going with with that, right? Unfortunately, I do know where you're going with this. But <laughs> um you know, in 2010, you didn't worry about, you know, Nazis uh, figuring out that you had, uh, you know, a podcast. And, and you know, I, I, I'm a little worried. <laughs> Let's put it I don't think any Nazis listen to Pearl Jam, so that that's maybe maybe it should be a little less worried. But let's, let's you, hope you know that. what I'm saying. Right. That's, you know, not Nazism in 2010 was something that could kind of be joked about. And. Uh, I don't think Ed would tell that story today. Right. Let's just say that. Yes. But we're, I'm still looking for that show. I thought it was this one, but I'm still looking for that show. Uh, let's hear it for Johnny Guitar. That's every time when I think of this song, I think of him saying that before going into the song. Let's hear it for Johnny Guitar. Uh, rare enough at this point where they'd only play it, you know, two times after this performance and uh it really wasn't it was it's just kind of one of the filler backspacer songs uh we talked about this a while ago we covered it i want to say philadelphia or or berlin or both uh but we're both very much meh on this one oh i'm right? not i'm not meh on this at all I hate this fucking song. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I have, very, I have a very firm standing on this song. I, I okay. Oh God, I, I do not. Randy, I do not like this song. I do not care for it. I say meh for me because out of all, like I don't really hate a lot of their songs at all. There are some that I dislike way more than others, but this one is like kind of like adjacent to the ones that I really dislike more than others. It's kind of like, I just, I feel very mad about it. And uh, it's you know, just kind of, it, it is a stat to me. Yeah. I, you know, I get it. And this and version we, we is had, a stat. we had talked about it in, in, in depth with Steve and yeah, I, oh, Steve I, loves it. You know, I get it. Like they wrote it to be rock and roll and to be fun. And it's got like this clash who Ramones fun. Just this, this, nostalgic vibe to it but i I think it's stupid Uh, i i feel like it's really stupid you know i feel like they maybe were trying to do too many things in a song and it's just like a swing and a miss for me yeah that's sort of those reasons why it's just kind of i'm very mad about it it's just like it, it doesn't it doesn't take itself seriously, and it's not like you want it to. You don't want it to. It's, ex- ex- dude, that's exactly... Yes, that, that's the perfect way to put it, is that... Now Now I'm going to try to put it into words, which <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be taken seriously. It's and it's that, not, and, but... But there is nothing wrong with that. But There's nothing wrong with it, but that's the problem, is that they don't have a lot of songs that you you could do that with. So when you hear a song this late in their career where they're doing something like this with it. And you're just kind of like, uh, they really, did they really just kind of throw away a, a track on the album? That's sort of, to me, that's how it feels. Right. I feel like 
if this song isn't supposed to be taken seriously, which I'm sure, not, not that the song isn't supposed to be taken seriously, take every song seriously and then form your opinion. But if it's just supposed to be for fun, then it has to be fun. And I don't think this song is very fun. No, it's just kind of, <laughs> it's bleh. It's, there's not much to it. There's, I mean, it feels like every song he's got a little something to say. Uh, so again, he's, he just says, uh, incredible guitarist, songwriter, Johnny Guitar Watson. The next song was, uh, written with another incredible guitarist and songwriter, uh, written with Neil Young, and that is I Got Shit. Uh, I think around this time, I really, really, really loved hearing this song. It was, uh, you know, it, it was definitely one that I would go and think about beforehand and say, like, this is on my top ten of wanting to hear this every night kind of songs. It's not, I don't feel that way f- about it anymore, because I'm not a child and I don't get off on screaming I got shit like, you know, a child anymore. But I, I still love it. I still really, not my favorite version of the song that is reserved for Buffalo 2013. But uh, I was very happy to get, get shit in this point. Yeah, I actually, I really liked this version. I, I liked it for the reason that I like Dissident. It was, it was a, Eddie was a little looser on it. Uh, they were... A little bit more jammy on it. Uh, the chorus I thought sounded great. I always love the chorus in the song. It's so catchy and it really comes oh, yeah. out of nowhere. Uh, you, it almost feels like this chorus doesn't match the verse, but it's seamless. And I, yeah, no, I like this one. Also, one, pl- uh, always a pleasure to have as well. Pleasure to have in class. One of the one of the things we really haven't talked about with this song, and maybe we'll save it for another time. Um, how they do a different intro than it is on the recording oh and uh the outro on this version is is spectacular as well oh where they go yeah that was really good yeah yeah they they kind of do like a uh two or it's like two or three times where they kind of do that nah nah yeah nah some yeah it was good here it was good here it's not words that can be explained by saying that right it is noises so um Actually, I have an idea, because the next song is Jeremy, and I wanted to play Jeremy. Uh, Play the end of I Got Shit into Jeremy, because I think it's seamless, if I'm not mistaken. I will play the end of I Got Id into Jeremy. I got it. (laughs) I got S-H asterisk T. You know me, I call it something different every single time. Uh, You can never predict. Never? No. Uh, I'm, I'm a... I'm a I'm a loose cannon. You never know. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get into talking about Jeremy, let's let's kind of take it off this high. Hear that ending part of I Got Shit because it was really good. Get it into Jeremy, and then we'll talk a little bit about my first Jeremy. <laughs>
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll take some help on this next one if you got it. You'll know it when it comes. This was the first of my very many Jeremy's that I've heard, and uh, yeah, I've I've gotten sick of this song at points, and I think doing the show, uh, this podcast, uh, let let me speak. You can't say show and mean podcast because show means so many different things. <laughs> like when we say we have to use the word episode when I'm, I'm you know doing social media stuff, use the word episode when you're referring to. Uh, <laughs> Or, you know, when it, when it's in, like, our tents or so, something like that. So, yeah, just something to to, to realize. Uh, but I was really, really hoping for Jeremy at some point that I wouldn't have to wait too long to get it. And third show is, is probably longer than most, you would think, right? Uh, I mean... Or is it? Or is it pretty par par for the? Course, I don't think though? you were totally swinging for the fences there. I think you had a no. You know, yeah. But this this is, I w- I'm happy waiting for this version because this, unlike the state college version that we heard, uh, oh, back what feels like a month ago, uh, that I remember it was be it was really lackadaisical and uh, just Eddie was just kind of bored with that version sure. but this it felt like there was a lot of energy there was a lot there was a lot of crowd participation and i just remember that whole ga section just bumping up and down up and down and everybody was moving during this one and i actually think that i had stated i had you know right when jeremy hit um i had said i've never seen this before and the guy in front of me turned around he's like Oh yeah, man! Watch this, <laughs> and I, yeah, this is uh, one of one of my favorite performances from the show, actually. Uh, yeah, this this Jeremy was fantastic. It's, I had really no notes for it except for crowd sounded great. They were they were ready for it, obviously. Um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the pairing, which I was always okay with, it's. It, uh, you're rubbing off on me. It's really starting to irk me now. The Jeremy daughter pairing. The Jeremy daughter pairing. Spoiler alert. Ah, you know it's I, it's coming across as lazy now and almost, almost. Um, I don't want to say pandering to the crowd, but they know that the crowd is gonna is gonna give them a huge response to it. But now that we've gotten this a few times, I'm I don't know, man. I it's meh. Man. I'm gonna get really nitpicky with this. Oh, please, I'm gonna please say, do because normally it's me that that nitpicks. I okay. I need you to to, to finally nitpick instead of all me. Right. Hope hopefully I can kind of change your mind on this. Daughter into Jeremy, not into it. Jeremy into daughter, I'm okay with. Well, it absolutely picks it up. It's it, it's better uh, flow wise. It's better for momentum. Right. Jeremy is intense and and you get something poppy and, and continue the sing along. And, and I feel like 
if it was daughter before Jeremy, I have more of an intention to say that you're just playing the hits right now. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just because daughter Jeremy is like a four to five minute song and daughter with the tags and everything like that. It just lingers so much. Right. So there's so much time in between, you know, daughter ending and before Jeremy that you just kind of, it's a, it could be a buzzkill. Yeah. So especially if the tag is like you said, a, a lingerer, which this one was, I, I, I am so glad I, I didn't, this tag was, it was a little lazy for me. It was kind of, it was, I don't know. I wasn't into this one. There was just a lot of, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, hey, yeah. It wasn't, hey, it definitely wasn't the most creative. No, and it's fine. Um, this version, does he say, uh, oh, no, he doesn't say uh, white male. He, he says white male Arizonian uh, in, in the lyrics. Uh, yeah. But there's another version on this tour where he does it, where he, he I think points out like a shirt or a sign and he says white male from Arizona before they do it. Um, I think it's just in the lyrics on this one. That's what I, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, So yeah, he's saying that, um, yes, there's boy have times changed and stayed (laughs) the same all at the same same time. time. Uh, Yeah. That was Arizona had put some like really harsh immigrant policy Mm. into effect at the time. And, uh, yeah, now, uh, you know, (laughs) now the country (laughs) has put in harsh immigrant policies. So, yep, uh, things have gotten worse. (laughs) But, you know, abortion's doing well right now. You know, everybody has a lot of great abortion rights in southern states. But, you know, not a place where we share too much politics on the show but. and that is where the episode goes off the rails i like on our on our shows episodes podcasts whatever you want to call it where you could literally pinpoint every moment where the train derails yeah <laughs> uh, we can pick this one back up though sure it's let's let's go for like, it let's go for it it's going off a bridge but you know yeah uh going over a bridge i should say there we go. uh oh daughter so you, you had texted me before and you said that there was kind of like a false start with crazy Mary and I had forgotten about it. Uh, there's a false start with daughter and Ed says, Oh, that's a good song. Let's do the longer version. of it." <laughs> and it, it's just kind of, it's, you know, uh, it, it just goes along with the mood right. that they were it, in. They were just playful, you know, it's not. Yeah. It, it doesn't take you out of the show. These are, these are little things. I, I call them hiccups. There There's hiccups in this show. You just laugh about it. it yeah. It, it, they're, they, and they, they invite you to laugh about it. Right, right. It's not these train wrecks that that I go back and I say, this this was a totally, uh, like like with this show, off the rail moment for their set. It's, it's nothing like that. It's just a hiccup here, a hiccup there. And it's it's uh, all in good fun, which right. which is the difference. They bounce back, right? It's the difference between good sloppy, fun sloppy, bad sloppy, uh, you know, uh, abort the song sloppy. So that right. that's the difference here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of abort the song, uh, this is a version of this song where uh, 
no, that this is not a version where you'd want to abort it because this is a really good version coming off of uh, the story that we had told earlier about why that version of Satan's bed from Penn State could have happened. Uh, and I, I subscribe to the theory. Uh, and yes, that version was not very good, but a lot of people have very good memories of it. I have very good memories of Satan's bed from this night, so we're going to hear it. Uh, and also... I think we owe it to everyone to play it. Yeah, play that that beginning part where he says something right before they go into the drum beat. I have no idea what he says. I forget, too. Well, let's listen it's to like, it. Because... It goes... It, or it, it was like, it goes... It goes or something like that. Right. I, I don't. He gets a little uh, devilish, <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I don't know what he says. We'll play. I, we'll have someone figure it out for us. Sure. Yep. Natas. Natas. version i thought this version was really good um and at the time really happy to get it because i just don't but i don't think i realized the significance of getting it that that was only the 30th time ever played playing in a place like hartford you know it feels feels like they'd save it for big shows for reunion not reunion shows but anniversary shows and uh ballpark shows and stuff where you know hey, let's bring it back for a reason and not just be like, hard for 2010. Yeah, let's play Satan's Bed. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's only eight eight more times after this that they play it. So, and, I, and I've seen it twice. So it's pretty cool that, uh, and it was never a song that I, I've always, I, I've said like, I'm gunning Satan's Bed, Satan's Bed tonight. We're going to get it. I really want it tonight. But, uh I've sort of ignored the fact that I've heard it twice and I, I shouldn't, you know, that that's kind of a nice little, uh, you know, nice little trophy there, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you know, after last week, this, this, even if this wasn't as good as it was, uh, I would have, uh, taken it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, yeah, this, uh, this happened to be, uh, a, a good, uh, performance and uh, I have not and a version that wasn't requested off of a t-shirt that's right and I, I have not gotten this song at all yet so I, I would like oh. I would like to get a good version of it yeah we'll get you it yeah we'll keep going 2028 baby <laughs> <laughs> the geriatric tour that's where they come out and they're they're wearing uh, they all have Crocs on and boom is wearing a, a, a moo moo you know oh my god <laughs> Oh no! 
Boom would be like 80 at that point. Jeff uh, opens up the set sitting down with his upright bass and the rest of the show starts and you wonder why Jeff doesn't stand up and it's because he can't because he's he's old. They're just playing Pendulum and Nothing Man and, and Daughter. <laughs> yeah. He gets his, uh, he gets his uh, 1990s knee braces back on. <laughs> dust, dusts them off. But this this time it's because his knees don't work anymore. It's not a fashion statement. <laughs> it's, it's because he's, yeah, it's the arthritis. Oh, man. No, it won't get to that point before anybody freaks out. They'll play, <laughs> we, they'll play by next year. We right? like to have fun here. Yeah. Uh, so that was Satan's bed. This is Satan's kitchen. Satan's That's kitchen. how we tease up the next one. I, I love, <laughs> I love Satan's Satan's kitchen. This song being referred to it it's, that way. It, uh, it it really fits, doesn't it? It yeah. And no <laughs> other fat like, I, you know, because this was such an early show that i went to a lot of this you know a lot of the stuff has stuck with me like thinking right luke in is satan's kitchen and uh the let's hear it for johnny guitar like little little stuff is all has just stuck with me from this show just definitely you know, yeah because for a while that's i only had five shows and mm-hmm. that was all i had to listen to so uh didn't know I was going to do a podcast where we were covering shit from 1996. Right. So, uh, Lucan has dropped like a step lower and it sounds a little strange. It sounds more like it's from hell though. Right. Straight, straight out of hell. Yeah. <laughs> and a, in a good way, I think. Oh, it, I, it's, I, yeah. I, it's think full. It's, I thought it sounded great. Uh, Eddie's vocals are, are great. Uh, it's tight and it's not, it's not rushed. If they rush Lucan, it's fine. Cause, uh, I, I kind of don't mind it when it sounds a little stupid live because it's it's right, a, just it's, not you, the just, nah, 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 nah. yeah it's not that you could rush it you could have fun with it but don't like don't fuck it up just just to fuck it up like just just to you know, you know what I mean like oh, I know exactly don't what you fuck mean. it yeah. up for the sake of fucking it up like this one uh, don't race itself that's this what one that's sounds what, like a song this one sounds good oh yeah. Yeah, it sounded like they could have continued, and you wouldn't have batted batted an eye. Right, just because it's Lucan doesn't mean it it shouldn't be shown some respect. As kind of dumb as that sounds for a minute long song, but yeah, um, it's interesting you say that because like the way that we cover Lucan on this show is very much quick and to to the point because it it is really just a minute song, but uh, you know it is in a lot of cases some people's favorite moment of the night or one of them. I absolutely love the Lucan moment. I love it. And I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people like it too. And it's, it's, it just like, there's not, and it's fun, but there, there's just not much to grow. It's, it's a transition and there's just not much to grow off of it, you know? Sure. So, uh, I do like the transition from Lucan into the first set closer here. Gonna see my friend. Uh, we're gonna play it, and then we're gonna talk probably a good amount about this. So, uh, first set closer. Gonna see my friend. Really interesting. Let's uh, let's hear it and then talk.
that Lucan was dropped down a step lower, and I think that was probably be- because Gonna See My Friend needed to be a step lower, and they wanted it to be a seamless transition. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I think uh, Gonna See My Friend is in D, I believe. It sounds like it's in D. Yeah. I, I, I don't quote I only yeah, know D and E, so. I have not listened to it in a long time. It sounds lower than your standard E tuning. Being a player, I probably should have quickly researched that before talking about it. But uh, yes, yes, I, I am on the same page with you on that. Now, how do you feel about it closing a set? I okay. I love it. I I think it's really cool. I think it's different. I think when they walk off stage after playing it, you're like, "Whoa, okay, that I was not expecting that." Uh, I think it it leaves something to be desired for the encores, and it gets your mind running a little bit. You know, you don't see a rear view mirror. There's no finality to it. Right. It's It kind of leaves you hanging. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. The only problem I have, though, is that this song is so cool on the album. It's got... It doesn't translate well live. Uh, the, the chorus goes that's, into that real, like, gotta see my friend. Like, it gets real dark and heavy. And when you play that on, like, headphones or really good speakers... That chorus, I'm going to see my friend, like, really gets you in the chest. It's just not the same live. Um, I 100% agree Listen, with you. I, I loved it. I totally loved loved it here. I loved listening to it, and I loved the idea, and I loved being kind of strung along here and not knowing what's going to come next and saying to myself, like, wait a minute, did they just end the set? All that, awesome, different, cool, love covering it, love listening to it. But on the album, man, the album, it kicks ass and it's it's not the same here. This is this is by far. This is an album song. Um, I, I remember. OK, so because this is my only going to see my friend that, that I've heard uh, or seen live, I obviously heard other versions. Uh, they've only played it 15 times. This was the 11th. Um, and this was also the only time that they they dabbled uh, in closing with it. So for a long time, that that's kind of how i saw the song um i didn't know any other placement for it and i never really thought about any other placement until i went and i looked uh to see how they used it in other shows uh, around this time and and how i'm seeing this is if this was normal and they decided not to to roll the dice on this this would be in the evolution spot at number three an evolution would be right here that would definitely work especially in this set uh with a quarter coming off oh coming off a quarter it would have been it would have been really cool i mean i i think it's fantastic here too i i i love it and i will say i you know uh, i think you might agree with me is that it is played very well i it's just you know i thought uh, there was some rough spots i thought that like the intro was a little uh, I, I guess it was a little off, or I guess it was a little late. Um, but I don't. I don't. Maybe it's just the song as a, as a whole that I, I just. That's, I just felt right. It was just sloppy compared to to the album version. The album version feels so crisp, and it has this energy. Yes. So exactly, I liked the performance of it here, but overall, something is is missing. But. 
I love the stat, man. I think it's I think it's awesome. It's a good stat. I think it's yeah. fantastic. And you're never going to see it close uh, a set again. So probably not. Know, probably not. Are you ever going to see this live again? That's a really good question, Mark. I, Who the I, hell knows? I don't have this song either. I and yeah. But, uh, and if we did, I I think it would be somewhere in like a in like a uh, number three spot or or definitely think, not a closer. I think that's definitely not a second strong. Closer. Yeah, I think that's number three in two thousand and nineteen would be a really safe spot. No, not I, I not the the exact opposite. I think that like it's almost confusing people because I I don't think a lot of people see this song as like. Uh, hell yeah, I love the song. I think people just kind of see it as the opener on Backspacer. I, you know, I I love the I love the song on Backspacer. I think it really, Me too. I think it fucking kicks ass to start the album. Uh, it's one of, it's one of the best album openers out of all of them. Maybe uh, it needs to be brought back for that very reason for people to say, oh, okay, this has been a while. Right, but number three, where something like go or animal or you know something something recognizable this isn't recognizable nine years later is so what i'm trying to say what, what i i think would work maybe not that early because i think it is detuned and i don't think they want to be switching guitars so early but uh, who knows maybe, maybe they would um yeah that's... I, I think it's safe for that spot in 2019 and later on in the set because I think it's. Uh, I think it might be easier for Eddie to sing, to where he could wean himself into a set with it. But also, if it's later, yeah, it could be I a song they throw in that he'll have no problem with. Yeah, but it's so tough because if you're getting to the point where it's like, I don't know, eleventh or twelfth song in, is this like too hype for that moment where you're usually getting a daughter or a Jeremy that's true, like true. kind of a a song that can hold a set together a little better. This doesn't really, this isn't really a foundation song, so to or, speak. Say say they run into like a, like an encore two where, where it's an encore two where anything goes and they happen to do a version of this song that perfectly encapsulates the album version. And they start off an encore two with just the best live version of the song you've ever heard. How about something they, like that? If they did, I'd be all for it. Okay. I, I completely agree with that because I think that would be shocking enough. And encore two, kind of anything goes. And if the version is good enough, that could be a great way to to segue into like Baba's and Rockin's and stuff like right. that. You're kind of expecting in Encore One and Two that you're gonna get something sort of out of nowhere. So and, and, and you yeah. can also expect in those encores to very very realistically maybe get a song or two that you don't even really like, but that's what happens in the encores. There's gonna be like one song where you're like, eh, just uh, hopefully not got some. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully. Hopefully we see them in, in 2028, 20, bring this out again. Um, in the year 2525, it just reminds me of that song. <laughs> that we're, yeah, back to the future. Uh, back to the future, into the present, into the past, whatever this is that we're doing right now. Uh, we're in the encore. Uh, Ed said, 
And this always kind of, I thought this was pandering at first, but now that I listen to the show so much and, and we talk about it, I'm like, I really think that he was talking truth here. So he says, uh, we took an extra second backstage because we were having a conversation about how good you all are. And he says, we're feeling the energy. We appreciate it. And then they asked for the lights to come up and they want to read some signs in the crowd. And I'm just like, oh, you're just pandering to the Hartford crowd. You don't give a shit about Hartford. No, no, they, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, I think, uh, I, think they do. I think they do. And I think, I think the crowd gave them a reason to. I don't, I don't think, yeah. I think this is genuine. You could hear it. Uh, this is one of the more memorable moments of, uh, of this set. Another thing that sticks in my mind. Uh, Ed asks for somebody with decent seats to bring up one of the signs. He wants to read it. And he, he reads it and he says, all right, okay, I got it. We ain't going to play it, but good try. Uh, the song is Black, uh, Black, Red, and Yellow, and which would end up getting played at that MSG Night 2 show. Um so here's here's the thing I, that's memorable from it. He says, don't be mad at me, but we don't come to your house asking for bacon and eggs. We just don't do it. <laughs> but if you made us pancakes, we'd eat pancakes or brownies with with something in them. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, so then. uh after after uh, breakfast breakfast foods, uh, he shows off a vinyl of Backspacer. Says there's a connection because Tom Tomorrow, who is the artist of the Backspacer, uh, did all the art from Backspacer. He is from Connecticut. Uh, he's a political cartoonist. His real name is Dan Perkins. So he comes on stage and says, "This is the greatest rock and roll band in the world," and the crowd goes crazy. And then he chucks the vinyl into the audience and. Uh, also they discovered that there was a porn star named Tom tomorrow. <laughs> so oh, of course there is <laughs> oh, a porn star that goes back in time to 2028. So they can see when Jeff was wearing a knee brace again. Oh boy. Uh, then he dedicates this to Dan and his wife, Beverly, uh, and it's just breathe and you're pretty much guaranteed just breathe and in this spot to be played every night during this era uh good version and i don't have a lot to say about it except (laughs) i wrote this so when we were we were going to do the show last week uh i wrote this saying don't have much to say but it reminds me of mother's day so happy mother's day everybody (laughs) hope you all had a nice mother's day happy belated mother's day to you all yeah so but it did it did remind I don't know why it brought up it reminded me of like I don't know love and you know you know just kind of it's a very mother song I, I think it has it's like that just, nurturing listen I understand if people don't like it but you are just full out lying if you don't feel <laughs> something when this song is played and full band's performance thank you Boom, 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 Come on, dude. Get get right out of town. It's great. It was great. Yeah, this was this was awesome. So the next one I, I sort of brought up earlier with low light. Um songs that don't get utilized that or didn't get utilized that need to be brought back. And I really feel like this is the one. Um Ed says that they've only tried this next one once and it sounded awful. 
so hopefully they can do it right this time. Uh, actually, Ed, they've done it twice, but way back in October, we covered this version on the Spectrum show. You can listen <laughs> to that, that show in our archives. Uh, it didn't make the clip show. It wasn't good enough to make the clip show, but um, it was not very good, that version of Spectrum. Do you remember that? The Spectrum version was just, it took like two or three times to to get off the ground. Right. And that was the last time they had played it, uh, was that the closing of the Spectrum. And so they try it, this show, and um, backspace their song here, uh, Speed of Sound, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Yes, the days have hesitant on this and ed's kind of saying like i you know really hope this one works because uh we're just kind of trying it out and i think they've only played this i don't remember what the number was uh good thing i have my stats up uh you know as i'm not wasting time talking before getting my stats up they've only played it uh seven times i was gonna say nine but it's seven times this is the third the third appearance of of speed of sound and Honestly, I th- I think they got it pretty close to pretty good here. I, I I like the song, and I thought this was a really cool moment. I I, I didn't really like it though. I I don't know. But compared to the version that was in Philadelphia, well, yeah, the yeah. last yeah, like they completely butchered that. Yeah, and they had to get through it. But this one, I feel like they knew what they were doing. They did. They did. I think I liked the moment of the this campfire uh portion of the show especially full band version i right i i liked that more than i liked the the uh performance would you argue saying that as a full band and i know we say that we like just breathe as a full band but would you argue that maybe this could sound really good if it was just ed and boom no, I, I feel no, like the drum track no, on this because because i promise you if if this song is isn't like Obviously, they have trouble with it. Even when it sounds good, there's still things that are off about it. 
Okay. I feel like the drums is what's what's gnawing at me here. I feel it, like the, the drum track on this is gnawing at me. If if that's the case and and they can't get it right as a full band, if it's just Eddie, it's going to be an absolute train wreck, I think. I think okay. he would just he would just <laughs> Just figured I uh, figured I'd ask, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't see it being better now. Um I think I think they need to go back and try try working on this again. I think this could oh, potentially I, be the low light of this generation. Uh, 100% agree. Yes. Cuz I feel like this is one if, when you get it right and when you work on it and I th- I think it's going to be one that people I, I felt like they slept on low light. I, I felt like no one really recognized it, cared about it before they started, you know, bumped it up to the three spot uh, in the early part of the set. Uh, and then it just out of nowhere, it's it's almost like a new song. Right. Because you're not hearing it for all that time. But I, th- I think Speed of Sound can really, if they wanted to do it, they could turn it into that. But um, time will tell. 2028 whenever they decide to do it we'll see we'll see uh that goes into state of love and trust uh good version of state um i know we talk about state a lot and i'm sure you're just still on the uh i'm 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 done with it phase you that is accurate yes yeah you would be so i I we don't need to spend too much time on it. All I can say is that I'm sure I really loved this version when I was there. Uh, I'm sure I did my jump up and, and down in one spot dance uh, mm-hmm. that I always do, and uh, it's, I got nothing. I, it's it's very straightforward. It's good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just not. Uh, and usually, State of Love and Trust is memorable, but it's glue. Yes. It's it's good glue. It's really good wood glue. I think that is the case for it here as well. Okay. Perfect. Good glue. Good glue. Good glue. <laughs> we've we've, we've GG, just... GG. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're killing it on terminology tonight. We're coming up with the uh, Or we sound words like for idiots. Everything. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's... Soon to be determined. Whenever we put it on a t-shirt... Uh, what did you call severed hand? A chubby chaser? What was it? <laughs> no, not a chubby chaser. <laughs> a rechaser. Oh, right, right. <laughs> not a chubby chaser. You said that on purpose. Well, because I I didn't know what it actually was called, but yeah. Oh, I thought I, th- I thought you said that on purpose to be funny. <laughs> well, I said it on purpose to be funny, but it, it was because I I honestly did not know what the first word was. That, that, that's like when um, a politician or like your grandfather says, oh, you got those Pokemon cards. <laughs> My Pokemans. Yeah. 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 They, they, they know they know what it's called, but they they say it wrong for a reason. Uh, all right. Time to get serious because this is a serious part in the set. Important stuff here. Uh, Ed says there's something we say around our group. O-T-O-T-O, one time, one time, one time only. And we're going to do something here. We ain't going to do it again. That was a lie. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Came up in sound check, and I said, we should do that. I'm feeling it. And now there was actually a set that I was listening to that they kind of noodled it. Mike noodled it a little bit. 
and uh, I think it was around 2003 or 2004. I can't remember when it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't realize, it it was literally days ago. I should have marked down which which show it was. Um, But, like, this is kind of like a Mike Noodle song, almost, where he does it in soundcheck. And then Jeff says, somebody get a doctor to cure me of this feeling before I get hurt. So there's a reason to play it. Uh, well, their reasoning, their reason to play it is that Jeff tells me you have a women's basketball team that are some of the most badass women to walk the hardwood and they've won a shit ton of titles and stuff like that. I think they were on like a 90 game win streak at that time. And they're really pretty much Connecticut's pride and joy. Uh, we don't got much, uh, we got Legos, Lego, Legos are up here. Um, but you know the women's basketball team is, is and and the men's and the men's uh, has been pretty good too. But um, you know, uh, good dedication, good reason to play this song. One time, one time, one time only. Unless uh, we are going to cover Hartford 2013 at some point, so it won't be the last time that we cover the song. But it will be the first. Ain't talking about love. One time, one time only. And again, uh, no, it wasn't the only time they did this. Uh, When they returned to Hartford in 2013, they did this. And then later that year, uh, they played in Seattle. Um, But I think this is really cool because it kind of, you know, it, it tells Hartford that you guys are special enough to get your own song that we're not going to do anywhere else, Uh, you know. And that they brought it back the second time kind of tells us that, like, hey, you guys are more special, you know, being Hartford, random, random city, random capital city in America, better than, I don't know, Kansas City or 
Baltimore or, you know, Hartford's not in the pantheon of great cities in this world. No, it's a, it's, it's a dump. Um, but that they went to a dump and they did something like this and made such a cool moment and made you feel like proud that, you know, especially the other time that, you know, uh, you know, live in Connecticut, go to these shows in Connecticut and, and you're going to get, ain't talking about love and nobody else is going to get that. That makes you feel, that makes you feel really good. You know? Yeah. It's definitely cool. I mean, um, I will say it is the easiest Van Halen song you could cover, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It'd be, it, you know, it, it's probably the only city you could see it in. Besides that one Seattle, the one time they played oh, well, it in Seattle. Right, right. But, uh, you know, is it the best song? Is it like, you know, does it does it rank up to like super rare performances of some of their own originals? No, it's like, it's 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 just, it's fun. Put it this way. Nobody, nobody was asking for them to play it, but nobody was telling them not to. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like... Out of all the songs, I don't think I had this reaction like, oh, my God. No, no. And, and, I had this and, like, ah, and this is awesome. And it's ain't talking about love. It's You probably never will have that reaction to it, but it's still. I'm also just not a huge Van Halen fan. I, I like Van Halen. Yeah, me but... too. But I, I don't like that song like that. I've, I've been playing that song for a decade. Uh, but still, there's there's. Yeah. It's like the most typical David Lee Roth song on the yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun. I think it's fun. Yeah, I great moment. Awesome moment. Uh and something that again, you go you got to go to these Hartford shows because uh they it's sort of a tip of the cap to this little, you know, Connecticut nutmeg state uh city. That really gets no love in the rest of the world or no love in the, the Pearl Jam community. It's all mm-hmm. New York, Philly, Boston, Chicago, Seattle. Uh, those are, you know, the the fab five of, you know, Pearl Jam fan cities, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and Hartford right in the middle of all that. Again, we talked about it before. That's why this this crowd is is awesome on this night. It's just kind of a it's a it's a thank you for being such an awesome crowd when we really didn't expect it. So, um, and then Mike shedding it, shredding at the end, uh, doing eruption was, uh, was awesome. And kind of the seamless transition into Riffy porch, uh, which wasn't now I didn't besides like him doing the, you know, whispering part, uh, I didn't hate how this transitioned into Riffy porch because it didn't have that like, extra extra strum to it like that you know what i mean yeah this wasn't uh this wasn't over the top it was it was at least like it wasn't wasn't great but it was a little less annoying i guess you could say right that's that's the best way to put it yeah i didn't i didn't hate it so um as far as this version of porch What'd you think? It was porch. It was yeah. I uh, I like seeing it at the uh, at the end of an encore. I think it's the perfect spot for it, and uh, the crowd wanted it. 
<laughs> and the band gave it to him. Do you think that a lot of do you think that a lot of Mike stuff that he was doing was kind of he was mirror mirroring the the Van Halen uh, flow that came from the previous song? Like I feel like a lot that he was doing was very very much Eddie Van Halen. Well, I think what what's great about Mike is that he likes to randomly tap into like the style of of uh of like a famous guitar player like either um Van Han- uh, Van Halen or or He'll do Jimmy Page or Hendrix or Page yeah yep and I'll do Angus Angus Young sometimes too yeah right yeah I almost said Van Hendrix uh when I was saying <laughs> Van Halen because I was going to follow it up with Hendrix or yeah guys like that and uh and that playing style will follow through sometimes uh in solos like this and and even flow so I think that's entirely possible. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good enough guitar player to where he could he could tap into that. And he's kind of he's kind of chameleon like. Yeah, he'll is... he'll do something original, but he knows how those guys would solo. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's 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 tapped into it more than you know you would you would think he mm-hmm. is, uh, or more than you expect uh, a guitarist to be. Like there's some guitarists out there that or that I guess they just sort of have their style and they stick to their style. And when you hear it, it's like, okay, that's Eddie Van Halen. That's Jimi Hendrix. And they don't really do anything else. But Mike outside of like, you know, some stuff on 10, he really, he's so eclectic with what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trying to kind of find, find his own personality, you know? Right. That's, probably why he kind of gets left out of conversations when you talk about you know the all-time great guitarist because he's just you know he doesn't have a signature he has a little bit of a signature but it's not he doesn't do it for every album you know right um so anyway uh porch only played four of the 13 shows during this leg which feels really light, um, which is nice. I was just going to say, if I if I go to a show and I don't see Porch, I'm not going to leave upset because you've seen it. And right. yeah, there's other things that could be done. So uh, yeah, would a would a rearview mirror have been a little little better here in my taste if I was there? Absolutely. But yeah, Porch out of uh, Van Halen is it works. It works. Yeah, I I think that I think that porch was was a really good fit for the set. Um, you know, rearview mirror would have taken it in another direction. Um, I think porch took it in the direction that that the set was going, so to speak. Right. Uh, encore two. Ed says this is one of those gigs that you wish your friends. This is another one where I'm like, it's hard for dude. Uh, he says it's one of those gigs where your friends you wish your friends and family went to so they can see you do all do something really great with your life. Uh, if you ain't through with us, we ain't through with you. And then Mike says a couple words um, about uh, I think a woman who helps people that don't have health insurance. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, I'm sure she has a lot of work that she's doing nowadays. Um, and she's located in Hartford. So, uh, if you don't have health insurance in Hartford, listen to this bootleg and find out where this woman is. (laughs) 
Uh, and then Ed intros the song by saying, she's good at fixing things. Uh, pretty standard to hear the fixer uh, in the set at this time, but uh, Encore 2, not my favorite spot. What do you think? Yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't like it here. I, I get, look, if this was 2013, 2016, 2019, I would have said absolutely not. It's 2010, and this is a single, and it's kind of out there, and they're going to play it at every show anyway. So it's fine. I, You know, you're not going to hear it on Encore 2 again, so I, I, I don't mind. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're putting it up against Got some. I would say Got some uh, is going to get the the main set uh, a spot uh, as far as singles go. But right, yeah, it was it was nice not to hear this like you know third or fourth song in. Which Should, yeah, it, seems that been, predictable. It would have been overkill. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you got Fixer and Got some back to back, it, it would feel. I think that those were reasons why people were so upset over the avocado tour because they were getting life wasted and worldwide suicide and severed hand back to back to back a lot. Oh, cry me, so, cry me a river. <laughs> well, I'm just, look, I'm tapping in. I'm just, I'm yeah. just trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's the fixer. It was poppy. The sound dropped down a little bit, but not really much else. Uh, then Ed intros, uh, the man with the big hands, Boom Gaspar. Uh, and lots of crowd participation with Crazy Mary here. And this is, you said that there was hesitation at the beginning and they kind of start and then they go back into it. Uh, yeah, they're they're into the verse here. Stone just uh, misses, misses a strum. And you hear Eddie just kind of stop with him. And then they probably looked at each other, went back into it. It's these little things like, that doesn't really happen. Stone usually does not make those mistakes, so it's a sloppy mistake. But again, it's it's not ruining the rest of the song, and there's something kind of no. charming about it, and and uh, it, it leads into a uh, what I thought was a fairly tame version, but a, a pretty tight version. Uh, yeah, you're right on both words, tame and tight. Um. Tame because I feel like there was way more Mike than Boom. I feel like Mike is really overpowering Boom yeah, on this Yeah, Boom's version. mix was very low. I yeah. definitely noticed that. Uh, and it feels like Mike's part, it wasn't this shared back and forth. It was Mike just kind of going off and Boom really just kind of, you know, giving him the spotlight right. a little bit. And I like it better when they play off of each other a little more. It's not... You know, it definitely tight, definitely sounds good, but um, we've heard uh, versions where, you know, everybody was a little bit more in sync and, you know, it, it flowed a little better. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, all right, bread and butter territory here, uh, but it's got a little curveball thrown in. Uh, we get Alive. This is the Alive spot, um, and it just feels like Arena Rock, full, uh, and Although you probably aren't able to tell, I'm reading off my notes. Although you probably aren't able to tell, this version of Alive was used in the beginning intro 
of this show. Were you able to tell? Uh, well, I I already knew. You remembered from when we put this together? Yeah, you told me it was from. Uh, uh, you said it was from the show you went to. Well, yeah, they were all shows I went to, but I never, I, I didn't, I didn't remember which ones I put in there. I was just listening, and said, "Hey, this sounds pretty good," and I just threw it in. Yeah, I, I thought I remember you saying "Alive" was from Hartford. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then you have a better memory than I do for that. No, I don't. I, got, I just remembered I, that. <laughs> probably because I hear the intro all the time. <laughs> that's that's probably why. Yeah. If uh, if you've listened to the intro of the show, which why haven't you? Uh, that version of Alive uh, is what we use for that intro. So um, cool tie-in, and of course, it being one of the the very first shows, I'm gonna go back to it. So. Uh, Good, good alive again. Feels really good, but this uh, this bread and butter territory has a little bit of a curveball. So uh, we go from alive into indifference, and you're thinking the lights are up. And um, I think at this point, I was really much in. I, I was in the mindset of uh, Ledbetter needed to close every show, and I I've gotten out of that mindset, obviously. But um, I. I didn't know how to feel about indifference being here until the whole entire crowd just, you know, screamed their lungs out until it filled the room. But also it like, this one is a little tough to tell. Is it a lead better show or is it an indifferent show? But the way they use indifference, the way they kind of end this show, it's hard to argue that I don't, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I think that like they made indifference feel like more of a positive song than a, you know, a downer. So to speak. this, and it fits, this was, this was Hartford 2010. So I'm not going to say this was specifically a lead better show. Uh, I think, I think moving forward, Hartford are, you know, they'll probably from now on have, have crowds and have sets that, it will be a lead better show like MSG, like, you know, places like that. Right. Uh, Hartford turns out to have really great shows and the band does really well. And the band uh, really has a lot of fun. And yeah, that'll be a new standard lead better show at Hartford. I, th- I think. Well, here, here's the thing. I think the other show, the last one they did, the 2013 one that we've referenced a couple times, I think they did a difference on, uh, to close on that one too. Well, then maybe they want to keep it uh, special with Hartford. Maybe they found That's maybe they found kinda... a, new, a new spot, and and which I like more. I, you know, yeah, we say it. Some shows are Ledbetter shows, but that that doesn't mean that I'm I'm going to say I want Ledbetter at MSG. God, I I don't I don't I know I know those are Ledbetter shows, but do something special. It's, it, yeah, it just has to kind of, I guess, mix in with, with what, you know, the crowd, how the crowd was doing and, and how the set kind of gelled. And this version of Indifference just is, I think, kind of fits the positivity of the night. And even if you're ending on a little bit of a downer, it kind of doesn't end there. It ends. Uh, this is fun. This is fun at the end. Uh, I, I like it more now than I did back then. I, I kind of rolled my eyes. Yeah, because so I, you said you don't really like the way they play it, right? 
Mm, yeah, I've, I've said that, but I, I'm growing to accept it. I don't care for the song that much, but I'm growing yeah, to accept it's, this version. It's been, it's been played. <laughs> yes, you can say that. Uh, so Ed says they ain't done yet. Uh, they say play one more, and the crowd is really excited about this, obviously. Um, then he mentions Into the Wild, talks about Sean Penn. They were He was doing work in Haiti. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I mentioned this in my notes. I have to mention this. Uh, so then he mentions diphtheria, uh, which is treatable. And uh, he says you get shots for it as a kid. And then gives a web- website where you can donate for them to get treatment for diphtheria in Haiti after they were recovering from the earthquakes. This goes to all, you know... The vac- the anti-vaxxers out there. Yeah. People in Haiti are dying for these vaccines that we have to put together. And in other places, they still are. Haiti's had a lot of trouble over the years. But these... Let's not get me started with anti-vaxxers. We already, you know... They, we've already dealt with abortion and immigration in the show, but... The anti-vaxxers, that's the step that we shouldn't take. But, yes, vaccinate your children. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I feel like there would be more anti-vaxxer people listening to the show than there would be anti-immigration. I don't know. I I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to answer. I'm don't not, even I'm not try. Getting into don't it. even try. Don't. Please don't. Bad idea. Bad. Strick it. Goodbye. Um, so anyway, uh, Ed invites uh, Ben Bridwell from Band of Horses, who opened the night. Um, and he comes out, he says, wearing high-heeled shoes, because apparently Ben Br- Bridwell's really tall. Uh, that's what it seemed like. And Ed says, if there's a woman wearing four-inch heels, I'll take them. Because Ed is, what, like 5'6", something like that? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's play uh, this is how they end the show all along the watchtower. Um, let's play it. Let's listen. talk about this a couple episodes and how we're not really fans of the song um this version though uh while i'm just having fun going back and listening to it and although i you know i think i didn't really love the song back then either i thought it was kind of overplayed overdone which i still think um do you did you hear like ben 
like it's tough to hear his vocals do you think he was confused at the style in which they were playing it because i mean it's got to be one of those things where he's backstage and ed's like hey come on for one last one last one and he has no idea he knows it's all along the watchtower he knows the words but he doesn't know the style that in which pearl jam's gonna play it he's probably expecting it more like hendrix possibly uh it could be a it could be like a what, what's the word i'm looking for like a genre gap between between them and pearl jam or or you know maybe just something he's not used to singing or or maybe he was expecting like a dylan version i i don't know uh right it's it's tough because if you were to just be told Pearl Jam does a version of All Along the Watchtower. I mean, this is kind of how I would expect it to go, but you got to go on stage and sing it. I'm just assuming that he probably, they haven't done it on this tour, I don't think, at least together. I'm just assuming that he's kind of confused. Yeah, they uh, it it was 42 42 shows before they, they had done this. Um, it just sounds like he's a little confused, right? Yeah, I could, I, I could agree to that. Not bad. No, no, not, not, not bad. His vocals were a little light, but you know, uh, funny, funny. Cause we've brought this up a couple more times. The MSG show, they brought Ben out again. And I remember saying to my brother, uh, this was during encore two and they, they introduced Ben. And I said to my brother, I'm like, fuck watchtower and my brother's probably like oh cool watch that that's right, awesome right. And i'm like fuck i don't want to hear this again it's not <laughs> ending the night at this point but instead they uh they go off and they they do hunger strike so i was yeah. very that was much better surprise uh good moment from that show which we'll talk about in the coming months i'm sure uh but yeah um that is it for this one Let's rate it. Go on ahead. What do you think? This set is fantastic. Uh, it's a set I would love to have. A uh, couple hiccups here and there, but like I said, they're they're just hiccups. It's a little sloppy, but it's fun and it's energetic sloppiness, and it's it's not uh, it's not like they're they're having an off night. They're just playing like a rock and roll band. So uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I, re- I really like the show. I really like the set. Yeah, uh, I have really good memories of the show. Um, you know, there, there are some that, and, and even in this time, we talked about the MSG show uh, from night two, mostly when we've referenced it. But night one, um, I think you were at that show, right? Uh, which one? Night one MSG 2010. Yeah. Th- yes. I'm pretty sure you yeah. were there. Um that show is really forgettable to me and I don't go back to that set a lot. We're going to cover it at some point because we're doing all the MSG ones, but um, you know, I just in that era, like I just kind of, it's forgettable and compared to the other ones, you know, night two was such a, you know, phenomenal night, historical night in some aspects. Uh, um, but like Hart- Hartford, I, I I find ways to go back to this one because it's just it's it's such a positive show. It's it's one that you kind of 
you don't want to think and listen to. Uh, you know, when you listen to this show sometimes that you're, you're kind of like, you know, don't want a negative show. I don't want a show that, that that's like really uh, jammy or anything like that. I just want positivity. Always go back to the show. Uh, the show is the best for that. Um, and uh, we didn't even talk about the poster, but uh, what do you think about the poster? Because a lot of people love this poster. Oh, yeah. Norman Rockwell, man. Fantastic poster. Yep. With a little uh, Mother Love Bone sticker on the uh, on the skateboard. And uh, what is it said? Like, uh, T-Dog is whitewashing something something along those lines. I wish I had the poster up. I don't have I don't have that one up. I do have it. T-bomb, Sawyer shoes, chuckles. T-bomb. Barry Finn, the fun and fine art of wheat pasting fences. That's what it was. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that is, uh, that, that poster has been a constant in my house. Uh, when I moved, I, I decided to, I couldn't, I couldn't find a place for all 10, 11, 12 of my posters. So that one kind of, uh, got shifted out of the rotation, but it is a really good one. Um, this show is an 8.5 to me. Uh, it is probably not top five of my favorites I've ever been to, um, but it's probably hitting close uh, to the top five. It's probably between eight and six. That's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, really, really good show, really fun to go back to, positive energy, ain't talking about love being, you know, something that, you know, defines Hartford and again what we talked about so much on this show that the the Boston New York crowds kind of made up this kind of hybrid crowd that turned into Hartford into the city that you would think would be Seattle you would think would be Chicago but no it, it's Hartford Connecticut it's you know it's just a good straightforward show of the country straightforward yeah. show nothing wrong with it uh also on the skateboard there is a uh Green River Ramones. and a Ramones sticker yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice little tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, all right. One story. One story from this one, and uh, one story. Can, uh, one story only. One story. <laughs> one story only. Uh, this is from Brian. Uh, he says this show had one of my all-time favorite posters, and while not a top five show for me, this one in particular stands out because it. Uh, for at least for a couple of reasons. One, it was the first of many shows that my then girlfriend, now wife, attended with me. I can't say the same for me. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, number two, the show reopened my eyes to what an amazing force this band can be live. For multiple reasons, I only called Pearl Jam once between 2000 and 2010. I went to this the show and the epic Boston show two nights later. While Hartford 2010 set doesn't stand out compared to some others that I've seen. It was one of a two night stand that blew my mind and left me with the resolve to see them as much as possible moving forward to make up for the time I've lost, which he says, I've done a good job in the nine years since, uh, 15 shows, eight cities, two countries, not too shabby. Uh, this was the show that brought me back to Pearl Jam. And that for that reason alone, it will always hold a special place in my heart. And this is kind of how the, the conversation started because he brought this up. He says, also, what is it about the Hartford shows? I've seen them there three times, 98, 2010, 2013, which he says, hands down the greatest of the 20 Pearl Jam shows I've ever seen, arguably the greatest concert I've ever seen. That's, 
look, that show is up there. That show is really good, but man, that that is that is some high praise for that. Um, and also the legendary 1996 and 2008 shows. And then I kind of I emailed him back and I I told him my theory and uh, you know uh, we got into that. Um, but yeah. Hartford brings out amazing performances. We, you know, we covered this uh, the whole night. Um, it just happens. And it, it's a cool, you know, it, it, it's cool that it happens. Like, I go back to, you know, what what this is kind of like. This is kind of like Grand Rapids. Yeah. Ra- random. Totally random. But Grand Rapids ended up working so well. Even State College, random, kind of. Random, uh, random s- sneaker, sneaky, sneaky random. Yeah. So if, uh, if they come back on tour anytime soon, the XL center is where you want to see them. Yeah. I don't think they'll play Bridgeport, but that would be nice. It'd be close to home. Yeah. But, um, all right, let's, uh, let's close this one out. Let's, let's get down to business. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. So for all of you that have been listening to the show and have some ideas that you want to drop by us, uh, drop us an email live on four likes podcast at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Facebook is probably where we do the most of our promoting and sharing and all that jazz so if you're not uh friends with us or follow us on facebook uh head on over there we're always talking starting up good conversations over there um we promise that we're trying to get more exclusive stuff for patreon that's one thing that's been on the table for at least a month now that we've had recorded so it's coming it exists well yeah we'll let you know when it's coming uh but for anybody that wants to donate to the show head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs uh donate whatever you can to the show and you get a chance to be a guest on our show like john farrar or patrick bogle or uh bradley piasecki or aurelian uh can't pronounce his last name with an x (laughs) um uh moreau was it yeah that sounds right yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I got him back because uh, he's a good <laughs> dude, so. Uh, and I know he's listening, so what up? Uh, so, yeah, head on over, donate what you can, pitch into the show, it helps us, and it'll help you guys when we go out on tour, or when the band goes out on tour, we'll, we'll go out on tour too, and we'll set up, uh, you know, 
meet and greets and uh, some parties and put together some merch and things like that, and it'll be fun. Um, we've been talking uh, about possibly doing a meetup at a Mets game, and if there is more interest generated in that, we can do that. But also, this will tie in pretty nicely. Uh, you know where else we can do a meetup? Pretty soon. Oh, yeah. That's already a week away. I forgot about that. Yeah. Our, our friends in uh, the the uh, Pearl Jam tribute band Last Exit will be doing a show at the Warehouse in Amityville on Long Island here. So for anybody that, look, Last Exit is awesome. They're awesome, awesome, awesome uh, band to watch. Uh, I think they do, they do the band justice. So I know some people are a little, uh, we'll, we'll convince you of that next week because we're gonna have uh the one and only uh pete pete does uh pete pete's the eddie of the band and he does a lot of good stuff with the band they've been doing it for for a long time now and uh uh he's coming on next week we'll talk a little bit about how they prepare for shows and get ready and what goes into their set lists and where he draws his inspiration from i think that'll be a lot of fun but yeah last exit in amityville on may 24th friday may 24th i believe that's the right date yes uh we're gonna be there i believe it's a ten dollar at the door show probably that sounds yeah i think that's what it was when i was there last time yeah uh but for all you long island people out there uh head on over If, if you go to the show we're pretty easy to find matt has long hair i have a face so uh you know Come come over, say hi to us. Let us know what you think about the show, and we'll talk about Pearl Jam because that's uh, what we're there to do. Um, but hey, yeah, next week, uh, Pete from Last Exit is going to join us next week um, to promote the show and talk about the band, and we're going to be doing Philadelphia 2005. The decision has been made. The decision <laughs> has been made. We were going back and forth on 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 two shows because we i had talked to pete originally about two different ones uh boston 2004 and philly 2005 and uh i think due to the bootleg situation uh philly philly wins just just by hair just by a little bit of an edge um but that should be a fun one to do next week and uh that's it i think that's it for today yeah right did i check off all the boxes i think so all right and that's it. All right. Um, all right. All right. All right. Uh, all the end of the show. Um, no clip show this week. We've we put something together uh, pretty good and, and kind of dove into some kind of interesting memories, uh, so to speak. That that early part of the show was uh, was interesting to say the least. That's <laughs> that's all stuff I I keep in the way 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 back back depths of my mind uh you know to be shared only on podcasts so of course uh yeah congratulations you guys got you know you guys got deep into my mind uh good for you guys but uh all right let's close it out it's the end we're here but not for much longer although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always for randy and matt hartford 2010 we ain't talking about Pearl Jam. Yes, we were. We we were absolutely talking about Pearl I Jam. So, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, uh, bye. Bye. All right. All right. We ain't going to play it, but I got it. All right. That's good. Good try. Point well taken. Don't be mad at me, but we don't come to your house saying I want bacon and eggs. We just don't do it. I mean, if you made us pancakes, we'd eat pancakes. That's what I'm saying. Or brownies with something in them. We'd just eat them. Black and red and yellow, black and red and yellow.